We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Welcome everyone to Beyond 90, the podcast episode number 95. My name is Cheryl Downs. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm your host for this evening, alongside with a bunch of amazing people. And we've got a couple of subs tonight. Subbing in is shirt number six. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Neil Bennett is joining us from Western Australia. Thank you very much, Neil, for joining us and sort of taking over the mantle of what Dale usually talks to us around the UK. So thank you very much and hope you're well. I'm very well. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here as always. Terrific. We've also got Molly Appleton, one of my favourite subs that we can get on the pitch when she doesn't have a niggling hamstring injury, wearing shirt number 14. She's subbing in for Madge, who has a very important meeting tonight. So good on you, Madge. Go off and do that one and talk as much football as you can in that body corporate meeting. Zero football then. Yep. (laughs) We can ask her next week, but... Make it work. hmm. Uh, Good on you, Molly. Thanks for joining. And again, hope you've had a good week so far as well. How bad can it be? It's only Monday. That's it. And a day off. So good way to start the week. Oh, nice. Down under, down under in Tassie, you get a day off. I'm, I'm pleased with that. Also, we've got Stefan from the nation's capital. Stefan, hope you are well. Uh, going well, thank you. And I hope everyone enjoyed their Mother's Day festivities yesterday. Certainly did. Uh, and finally, on the podcast, we've got Eric, who you're not calling anything at the moment. So thank you very much for for joining us on the pod and hopefully you've got lots of amazing news to talk about in the football this week. Uh, I mean, I'll let you decide if it's amazing, but I'm going to be talking as the usual amount anyway. So, yeah. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. (laughs) We were supposed to have a special guest tonight and we might have a hot guest landing or a guest land hot. Uh, Could be a hot guest. I'm not sure, but let's get into the topic of conversation for the start of the podcast. Episode 95 coinciding with cap number 95 Good old Shelley Yeoman. So congratulations, Shelley, on being cap number 95. And you are or were supposed to be our special guest. We'll keep talking. If you join us later, we've got a bunch of questions for you. But for the moment, we'll just talk about the history that you brought to the Matildas. So you debuted in 1996 and played for the national team until 1999. Your grassroots club, I think you actually had two of them listed, but one of them was Charlestown Hotspurs. You made 21 appearances for the Matildas, 20 of which were A internationals. And we've got some uh, news from Grooves as well. It's always great to get some insight from Grooves because it just lends us a little bit more knowledge to, to your game. But she said, a diminutive midfielder from northern New South Wales, Shelley was a rare player in that she debuted in her late 20s. Now, I've um, validated that and it looks like you were 28. So that's that's a great Great time. Maybe I'm a bit too old, but 28 is a good good age. Strong, clever and wily. Shelley led the team on and off the pitch. She was part of the AIS live-in squad and had her family stay in the modest digs, a true pioneer for the Matildas. So, Stefan, I think you talked to that as well. Uh, you had a low centre of gravity and you could change the nature of a game in a flash. With Yeoman and Foreman in the midfield, Australia was feared and difficult to break down. So 
We've got a bunch of questions there and I'm really looking forward to hopefully having a chance to talk to you on air or maybe off air and we can write up something. If anyone does have any questions, if it's the latter, ping them through and we'll see if we can get Shelley to answer them as well. But anyway, congratulations, Shelley Yeoman, on your, uh, your cap number 95. Following on, let's talk about the hot topics of the week. And the first hot topic is something that I think is close to many of our hearts. I think certainly for me, although I don't have the knowledge that someone like Eric has, but I know that Molly has a very, very soft spot for the young Matildas as well. So in the, I can't remember what day it was, if it was Thursday or something, the young Matildas have actually learned who their group stage opponent, opponents will be for the 2022 FIFA under 20 Women's World Cup. Who would like to talk to those? Maybe I'll get Molly to talk to those and we can talk about the squad. Everyone can talk about the squad. I feel like the obvious in any um, Matilda's World Cup is Brazil and that's exactly who we got straight up off the bat. Um, we've also got the hosts in Costa Rica, which is going to be really exciting. It's always fun to draw the hosts and, um, you know, the atmosphere it's just why you, why you want to play in these sort of tournaments um, to play against the hosts. And then um, pretty, almost similar to Brazil in a way in terms of Spain, I think, um, whilst we've not drawn them before, there's a similar sort of style almost to expect from, from Spain. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, we do set up against that. I think we've got, so we're up against some really technical sides and obviously Spain um, – you know, they're, they're leading Europe at the moment. Um, just look at Barcelona. A lot of them have come through the Spanish system. So just expect really a really strong side to come up against, you know, to come up against us for that game. But it's, yeah, really exciting. It's super exciting. And for people who are listening and not sure when those matches kick off, the 10th of August through to the 28th of August, we will see 16 nations split into four groups of four teams. And I think the top two from each of those will go through into the knockout stages as well. So that's pretty exciting. The squad, I think, was announced as well, or the, the well, group. No, but not the squad. That's a different squad, not the squad for the World Cup. That's, that's yes. correct. <laughs> the um, a group of players were announced for a call up on a training camp as well, and I think no better person to call that out or give some hot news on that than Eric as well. If you wanted to take that away, pick the worst person because I'm only going to talk about my friend's daughter. So, some I'm sure a lot of you will know about uh, KLZ Photography. You'll have seen her on Facebook and Instagram. Well, Kelly, who the woman who behind that heard daughter abby is quite the young player and she has received her first young matilda's uh call up i'm absolutely delighted so abby um very very unsurprisingly for one of my favorite players has a futsal background she's also spent a year in spain with the levante academy which is the club one of uh, ivy lewick's former clubs so kind of a different pathway potentially like just going from blacktown spartans which to uh over to spain back to blacktown spartans the um she has started well. She's been started all of the Spartans games so far in NPL New South Wales and uh, scored the winning goal uh, for the Spartans when they played Sydney Uni. And her mother took that, uh, reacted to that goal a lot calmer than I expected her to, to the point where I actually thought someone else had scored. So, yes, uh, but yeah, I'm delighted for them. And, you know, I suppose someone else want to talk about the other 29 players because, like, I've basically said, I've, I've, told about, I've told about 10 different people, this is all I care about. 
Thanks, Eric. Uh, Neil, starting with you, how many players have you got in there from the West Coast of Australia? Well, there's four West Australians and uh, one uh, adopted West Australian. Um, from, Ooh, from Perth, I like that. Laurie. You're like me. Yes. They set foot there one time. and Yeah. yeah. Why don't so you just claim the whole league then? Everyone's been yeah. to Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, so the four West Aussies, uh, Miranda Templeman, the goalkeeper, and then we've got Letitia McKenna, Abby Green and Hannah Lowry. Um, those four have been in the system for a long time now. They were uh, junior Matildas as well. Miranda, um, she only got about a minute of game time, I think, uh, for Adelaide in the W League. Sorry, A-League A- W. Um, but, yes, yeah, very promising goalkeeper and uh, thoroughly deserves a call-up. Uh, the, the one I think that uh, there's so much written about Hannah and quite rightly, she's a very talented player, but the one who seems to slip under the radar a little bit, and I'll touch on Abby Green in a moment, is, is Letitia McKenna. Mm-hmm. Um, Letitia had a fantastic season with Melbourne City um, and she was the one who sort of uh, two or three years ago uh, burst onto the scene and played in the grand final for glory, uh, gave an assist to Sam Kerr in the semi-final against Melbourne Victory when Glory were really up against it. And she went off to Brisbane Raw and, and hasn't come back into the Perth system at all. So I think that may be a bit of a surprise to West Australians, but uh, my feeling is that she had a better season than Hannah. Hannah had a good season, um, but I don't think she was as effective for Glory in the deeper line role that she played this season as she did in previously. Abby Green, that was an interesting one, her, her position that she played for Glory this season. She played at fullback. She's normally a winger um, and certainly played most of her career at NTC and with uh, Mum FC on the left-hand side. Very fast, very skillful, good finisher. But playing at fullback as well was, was a different one. And then the fifth that we've got, our, our adopted West Australian, Aidan Keane. Um, she had... Uh, uh, not a not a terrific season with Gloria. I think she she was kept out of the squad for a little while, but when she did come in, she made a big big difference. She's a very physical player, very quick, um, and I think she she will do well. But with Hannah, yeah, lots talks about her. Um, but I think Letitia is the bolter. And when you looked at the results or the game time that they got against New Zealand in the recent internationals, Letitia was the one who's who was on for more minutes than the other three. Um, Miranda didn't get any game time at all. So it'd be interesting to see how many of them actually come out of that 30 um, because that's, that's a bit of a cull to be made there. So, But hopefully we'll get a couple of West Aussies in there. <clears throat> Thank you. Really good insights there. Thank you, Neil. Stefan, what about your perspective from Canberra players? You've got a few in there as well, I think, unless I've got that wrong, in which case Eric will be delighted. Oh, I like Canberrans. It's Victorians that annoy me. <laughs> no, you'll be happy that I was wrong. No, I, I, I stand by what I said just then. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep going Stefan keep us on track yep um, I think we may have lost a couple I don't have the list in front of me but we okay uh, I've just been doing that as we speak you got two two yeah, players two. from ACT or Capital Football to use the official designation yes. so the world's tallest teenager Chloe Lincoln and Sally James which means we've lost Haley Taylor Young who's still injured and Sasha Grove which uh, she's and she's going well up in Sydney lost, for uh, yeah, I've lost yeah, yep. so um, yeah. I don't know that you've lost her. She's never been called up, as far as I know. But oh, her, she, was, she keeps playing well. She was in. She was a late addition for the Cambridge oh, yeah, games yeah. Uh, into the squad. So, oh, I see. Yeah. So she's dropped out of it just for this. Uh, this this um, particular um, squad list, I guess. So, yeah, but yeah, good looking squad. Looking forward to 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 uh, 
certainly the games coming up in August. Uh, one one to certainly watch. Tough, tough group though. <laughs> Such a tough yeah. group. Super tough group, but good football, hopefully, and good for the young Matildas to actually get some game time against that kind of level of football as well. Be really interesting to see, and I'm not I'm sure it's been announced already, but I haven't seen any announcements locally of who will be broadcasting that so we can actually watch the games. Molly, the Good rest question, of the squad, yeah. all yours to discuss. Any call outs that you would make? Um I mean there's plenty of players there that um I watched for the junior Matildas before before COVID happened and, and everything. So obviously, you know, a few years older. Um, you know, players like Kirsty Fenton, who was unreal for yes. Newcastle Jets when she wasn't injured. Um, you know, um, Sarah Hunt has mm. been probably the best even senior player that um, the A-League women's had this season. And, you know, there's just some really exciting. Jessica Nash, I know I'm pulling up a couple of Sydney FC players as well, so I could probably talk on them a lot more. But, you know, there's some really exciting players. And there's also um, some players that, for for me and Tazzy not being in New South Wales, where most of them are coming from, um, I don't know that well. Um, and that's also exciting that it's not just the same players that have come through over the past few years, but it looks like, um, you know, and, and Abby Lemon, like she's a crime example, you know, hasn't been in the system the whole time, um, but is cracking into it. And it's it'll be really exciting to see how, the team gets culled down a little bit, unfortunately, for the tournament. But there's some really good players there. There's, there's some big name players there who will be up for it for a really good, good few games. Thank you very much. Very exciting. Paramatildas have also announced their squad for the upcoming World Cup. We'll provide a link to that in the show notes, but I'm just going to move on if everyone's okay with that. It's quite a bit of news. Talking about the Matildas to kick off with, and I might get Molly to go through one signing and one bit of news which has just dropped before the pod went live. Yeah, so um, we'll start with the with the news fresh off the press. Uh, there's um, 42 new Matildas um, and in new they were um, former Australian women's representative players that played in the uh, 1975 teams, um, which is really cool. Um, you know, they were part of an Asian Cup, uh, obviously, in that year. Um, and I think it's really great to acknowledge, you know, our first Matildas and, and to look through history and, you know, find these players that did represent our country um, to, that, to that level. So, yeah, I don't know any of the names, unfortunately. I'm sure there's probably a few that stick out to other people. Um, I love the photo that's on the article as well. It looks like a some sort of sitcom with some of that hair in there from you know <laughs> the nineteen seventies, obviously. But exciting stuff. I don't know what that does to my Matilda's cap numbers coinciding with my episode numbers, but I'm a bit um, out of whack with that anyway because I've got plenty to go back and do, which I will do. I was going to ask you what these at the start or the like. Oh, I just need to create a whole new podcast to talk about everyone else. But I'm happy to do that. Is is there like a 1A, 2A, 3A? Because I think (laughs) I feel like we need to keep Julie Dolan as cap number one. So let's (laughs) let's create like yeah, we could think about a new numbering system for these additional players. Mm -hmm. Happy to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, probably not up to me. (laughs) We'll do our own anyway. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Molly. And then the other bit of news is uh, Steph, Steph Catley showing that she's Arsenal through and through um, and she's extended her contract with them um, until 2024. So that 
that's always a good thing to to get in uh, before before the season actually ends to to get that in. So yeah. That's the news. I think with that one, that's that's interesting because when Joe Montemuro left, there were certainly some conversations around would players follow him and there have been, I don't know, there's rumours out there. There's also some players, Molly, that you mentioned who haven't yet been signed. But for me, it was a question of how would Steph Catley and, and every single one of the players actually fit in with the new, not new system, but the new manager at Arsenal as well. But it seems like Steph from a bumpy start when she had some injuries has really settled in and um, there's no one better really in that position in my mind anyway, but that's, yeah. Molly, any, any other thoughts on some other contract renewals that we may or may not see any movements that we may, or who are you excited to see who's going to move? Who's going to stay? Um, I think for me, um, a big one is, and it has been since probably Lydia Williams signed for Arsenal um, is whether she'll stay there. You know, um, she's not, she's not starting. She's not played. Um, you know, in the FA Cup or, or any of those sort of cups as regularly as perhaps we would have hoped to have seen her, especially with her looking likely to pick up that number one spot again, like she's been playing regularly for us as number one again the last few games. Um, so I think if she's really pushing for the 2023 spot, even just squad, squad at this point in time, I wonder if she's uh, going to remain at Arsenal or go somewhere where she can get some minutes. Um, and, I mean, you've got a few other Matildas around. I can't remember how long their contracts were for the cities and, um, you know, Sam Kerr and, and that. But I think they're, they're all a bit newer. Um, I don't see Kerr moving from Chelsea anytime soon. Yeah. You've got enough silverware there. And, obviously, they've got Europe as yeah. their next marker. So, yeah. I think she'll be there until they win something. Or yep. go again in Europe. Um, and obviously, Caitlin Ford's another question where uh, do we see her link back up with Joe Montemiro? But I think that'll be secondary to some other movement, potentially yep. at Arsenal, whether, you know, Miedemar stays or whether she goes or whether players follow her if she does go and um, whether Caitlin Ford picks up a different role there than what perhaps she had this season. Yeah. I think Emma Hayes would physically stop um, Sam Kerr from getting on the plane, to be honest. Honestly. I can imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, for those of you that remember her running onto the field when Sam Kerr scored in the 92nd minute against Aston Villa, like just because they, in her own words, the players had lost control and she needed to give instructions. And even though she was on the field, she felt like it was her place to give instructions. She's not let, let, letting Sam Kerr go anywhere. And, and I think Sam, not that any of us know Sam to that level, but she seems like she's enjoying her football there. And when she's enjoying, it's such an important part of her game to to play really well. If I think about Sam's game outside of her enjoyment level, would it would be really interesting to me for her to move potentially to one of the European leagues in, I mean, you th- think about French leagues or, or maybe Spanish or even Italian, given that they're coming up to their first professional season. But yeah, I can't see her moving from Chelsea either. Any other thoughts? Otherwise, we'll move on to some results from around the world and a little bit of discussion around those. So firstly, and I'll kick this off before I throw to maybe Neil to take us through some things for the semifinals, I think, for the Women's FA Cup. There was all sorts of shenanigans on social media saying that uh, 
I think the the direct website said, sure, yes, Optus will have the um, the rights to broadcast that. And then they didn't do it. And then on the last hour or the last couple of minutes or whatever, they did broadcast one match, which was great. So I think the first semifinal, maybe they didn't do and the second one they did, but forgive me if I'm wrong. The good news is that Optus have already announced that they've secured the rights to the Women's FA Cup final. That is May 15th at 11.30 p.m. And obviously, we've got plenty of Aussies in that one with Chelsea versus Man City. So if you don't already have an Optus account, maybe there's a way to sign up for a free seven days or something. Or if you have it, then that's awesome as well. I'll be watching. Neil, did you want to take us through the results of the final week, including a midweek round of the FAWSL? Sure, yeah. Um, some uh, some big results, obviously, from the last uh, the last round. But in the midweek, uh, there were a couple of games. Uh, Manchester City with Alana Kennedy and Hayley Russo, they beat Birmingham City 6-0. Uh, that sent Birmingham down. Um, Alana scored. Uh, she got a full game, and then uh, Haley played in the first half. Um, there was also uh, a North London derby um, between Arsenal and Tottenham, uh, with Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford, um, and Lydia Williams uh, with Arsenal, and uh, Kai Simon with Tottenham. Uh, good win for the Arsenal. Uh, they won three 0 Caitlin scored two goals. Um, good crowd there as well. Played at the Emirates. Um, Nice to see that Tottenham still have failed to beat Arsenal in a women's game. So they keep that run going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll... I admire your um, pettiness. I long yeah, may this exactly. continue. It's what powers this pod. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Steph, uh, Steph got a full game, as I mentioned. Um, uh, Caitlin scored the two goals. Uh, Lydia Williams didn't get a game. And then uh, Kai Simon played in the first half and was booked. But the big games were obviously yesterday. Um, and it's impossible to get past Sam Kerr, really. Uh, absolutely dominated the game. The worldie that she scored, uh, one of them was just out of this world, uh, simply amazing. 4-2 uh, win against Manchester United um, to, to secure the title, he said, uh, with a bit of bitterness in his mouth, but um, thoroughly deserved. Chelsea are just a phenomenal team, um, not just Kerr, but right across the park. They've got some superb players now, well coached as well. And um, sitting in the assistance coach bench is Tanya Oxterby from West Australia as well. So uh, fantastic achievement by Tanya. Um, and she posted some lovely pictures yesterday on Mother's Day. Um, oh, it's, not, it's not Mother's Day in the UK, but it is here. But um, yeah, some lovely pictures of her with her son um, and the cup. Um, uh, look really good on, uh, on Instagram. And then we... Uh, celebrate them all. Celebrate them all. Yeah, I that's right. Neil, before we move on, and I was on mute before when I was trying to interject, which is probably my own fault, but of the goals that Sam Kerr scored, which one did you prefer? Because I think the second one in my mind was probably the more technically challenging one, but the first one was a left foot goal. And, and in, in the words of Eric, they're all left goal. If all left footed goals are beautiful. Thanks so for remembering do, that, Cheryl. <laughs> let's, do a, let's do a quick poll and say who liked which goal better left footer keepers in position for the left footer not for the right footer so I, I think the one where she just wouldn't smash it yeah but pure instinct Unbelievable. so neil's gone the second eric's gone the first molly i'm gonna go the first just because um it's left footed but also it was the equalizer I, I believe it was one of the equalizers um so that that tips it over the edge for me and stefan you must be something of the deciding vote 
I'm going the second. Um, I, I love the fact that she um, is still happy and willing to take take risks and uh, hasn't had that coached out of her. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, a good thing to say about all the coaches, I guess, all the way through. But she's still got that attitude where she's willing to just give it a go because um, a lot of coaches like you to play the percentages. So, yeah. Yeah, very true. All right. Sorry, Neil, I interrupted, but for very legitimate reasons. Yeah, no, that's quite all right. I'll, I'll just interject with a little personal stuff on this. Um, Sam, I've seen play, I've seen Sam play since she was 12, going through the system when my daughter was going through the system with Sam as well. And to see her produce stuff like that that she was doing when she was a kid is just remarkable. She's still doing it. Uh, an incredible player. Um, so on to the uh, second place game. West Ham uh, were beaten 2-0 by Arsenal. Steph Catley scored a goal in that one. Um, Caitlin Ford, she got... Uh, she got a start and was subbed off at 59 minutes. Uh, again, Lydia didn't get a game. Uh, Steph had the full game. And then for West Ham, we had Mackenzie Arnold and Tamika Yellup. Um, they both got full games. West Ham have been very good this season. Um, but Arsenal just ran up against a, a team that seemed to be the unstoppable force, really. Um, and then uh, Manchester City, they had a good win, 4-0 against Reading. Uh, Alana Kennedy and Hayley Rasso. Kennedy had a full game. Rasso came, was subbed on on the 74th minute. Uh, Birmingham Derby, um, Aston Villa, Emily Gilnick, uh, they lost to Birmingham City. That wouldn't have gone down well, but um, Gilnick got a start and played for 57 minutes. And then Spurs with Kai Simon, they beat Leicester uh, 1-0, although Kai was not in the squad. And then the other game, in the English league was Brighton Hove Albion. Uh, they drew 1-1 with Everton. And just to reiterate, Chelsea, the champions, and Birmingham City have been relegated. And Sam with the golden boot, I think, as well. Yes, she did. Yes, once again. Uh, it's incredible. Um, it doesn't matter which league she goes to. Um, she, she gets the golden boot. And um, any doubters out there, I think, they've been well and truly silenced. Um, she is a phenomenon. Um, and it's just a huge sense of pride that she's from West Australia as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I mean, I've been one of those people, not that I'm a doubter, but you sort of say put them in a competition where there's more players of that kind of calibre and see how she performs then. And she just consistently does yeah. it over and over. So I'm getting to the point where I'm seeing Sam Kerr and Serena Williams in similar sort of mindsets or something. They they are amazing. There's plenty of amazing players, but Sam is just doing a, a brilliant job and putting putting women's football in the news for the, the very best of reasons. So it's great to see. Just a couple of results in the Scottish Women's Premier League as well. They've got a couple of matches there. We did have a chat to Aoife Colville one or two weeks ago, I think it was. And while she's on the sidelines at the moment, her Glasgow City had a nil-all draw against the Rangers. But in the other match with Jacinta Galabatarachiti, they had a 3-1 victory over the Spartans. So at the moment, top position is the Rangers, then Glasgow City and then Celtic. Just an, a All little right. interjection there with uh, with Rangers. There's a very tenuous Australian link with Glasgow Rangers. Uh, Demi Vance, uh, Northern Ireland international. She spent two seasons here in West Australia playing with the Northern Redbacks, and uh, we've claimed her as a West Australian. So that'll do for us. That works well, and I'm sure it works well for Eric as well, although I'm not sure that we'll keep mm. her in our ongoing show notes. Eric, did you want to take us through the results in Europe? Yes, so let me just go through what I suppose you might call continental Europe. So 
in France. Um, firstly, uh, Mary Fowler's Montpellier had a 3-0 win over Soyo Charon. And Mary Fowler, with one of the most efficient subs, uh, sub-appearances possible, came on in the 85th minute and got herself a goal. So, like, the goals per minute would be um, fantastic for that particular game. So, like, one goal and five minutes plus whatever stoppages there were. And then uh, another win for Ellie Carpenter's Leon. Uh, they defeated Paris FC, who are flying high in third. They defeated them two goals to nil. And no surprises, another full game for Ellie Carpenter. So in Italy, so it's uh, more tough times, unfortunately, for Pomigliano. Uh, Ella Mastro Antonio played the second half as they lost 1-0 at home to Fiorentina and Ivy Lewick not in the squads. And then finally for the Netherlands, uh, better news there's Amy Harrison's uh, PSV Eindhoven defeated Feyenoord by two goals to one. Amy Harrison played the first half, and I see your I saw your question there. Um, there's no news of any results in Serbia, so we, we can assume both from that and from that giant celebration photo that um, Vesna Milivojevic's club, um, uh, ZFK Spartak Subotica, published that that league is definitely over. So you can you can not worry about that till next season and take it out of the template. Delete it until next season then. We are definitely not deleting our Nordic wrap. So I think Stefan does a brilliant job there and everyone lives for the updates. So Stefan, take us through all the great football that we had over there. Thanks, Cheryl. Yeah, Norway, we had a couple of really big games involving uh, the Aussies that are there. Uh, we had one versus two and uh, three versus four. So firstly, with... Uh, Ali Green's team, Valaringa, who are leading the league. Um, they had a one-all draw against second-place Brand. And yet again, Ali hasn't been able to uh, break into the match day squad. Uh, in the other game, um, Carly Rosbach and LSK Kavina played at home against third-placed Rosenborg. And they had a nil-all draw. Really tough, hard-fought game. Watched that one um, last night. Uh, Carly came on late. And Fiona Wurtz has still... Um, um, it hasn't seen much game time for the team as yet and was an unused sub. So, um, yeah, Rosenball really pressured them late in the game. But um, uh, LSK Kavina had, had some good periods and some chances early on, but a stalemate there in the end. So they retain their fourth place at the moment. And Valeringa is still uh, top. Uh, over at Sweden, we had uh, round seven. And um, first place, uh, Rosengard, where Tegan Micah and Charlie Grant are playing. They won 3-0 away to Yamia. Uh, Tegan played a full game and Charlie came on late. Um, there was a, um, a game between two teams featuring Aussies between Hammerby and Bitsio. Uh, Hammerby um, has Courtney Nevin on board and she played a full game. And uh, it was a two-all draw against Vizio where Pox and Minnie both played. Um, Pox scored Vizio's second goal. So, And there's a delightful image of that, which we'll be including in the, uh, in the Nordic wrap. Um, there were yellow cards issued to both Minnie and to Courtney Nevin. Excellent. <laughs> and the other good news is that Kyra Cooney-Cross has arrived and is in training with Hammerby, but was not on the match day squad for this particular game as yet. So Double excellent that she's arrived and in training and hope to see her out there sooner. And I'm sure those yellow cards weren't warranted, or, or maybe Minnie's was, but Courtney's wasn't. <laughs> no, I think I, I like Courtney's from Blacktown. She deserved it. The- <laughs> <laughs> Um, just continuing the, the final game in the um, in the Damalsvenskan was the, uh, between AIK where Remy Simpson is playing. Um, they're holding up the ladder at the moment, and they had a four-two loss against ninth post Jurgarden. And Remy played eighty minutes of that particular game. 
And in the second tier, the uh, the Elitan, uh, it was round six, and Annie Haffenden uh, didn't get onto the puck, but was on the match card for Veko's um, nil or draw against fourth place Alingsis, leaving Veko in third place. So they're they're still in the um, you know in the prime positions for for moving up and contesting the uh, the um, <clears throat> the end of season qualification uh, for the for the um, main league. So just moving over to Denmark, um, second place Fortuna Hearing, who've already qualified for the Champions League. This is they played uh, round seven of their Champions Round Robins, and Indy Riley uh, continued her recent good form, recording an assist on the third goal of their four 0 win against Thisted. Uh, all three Aussies played ninety minutes in the game. So just a reminder that Angie Beard and Claire Wheeler are also in Fortuna's team and going great guns. And in the um, promotion relegation round robins, Jenna McCormick played a full game of their 2-0 win. Uh, she plays for AGF and they beat Aalborg 2-0 so, and are currently in second place in that competition. That's, that's a good result for them, really, given that it's for relegation and good to see Jenna out on the field the whole game as well. She's been coming back a little bit, I, I think, from injury. So good to see her out there. Yeah. And uh, finally, last but not least, Iceland round two. Um, they're, they're playing the games midweek at the moment, so Wednesday nights. Um, I think that might revert back to weekends soon, um, but we'll see. KR Reykjavik, where we've got two Aussies there, Margot Chavez. Um, she's the only one appearing on match cards at the moment. Susan Fongsong Cam hasn't made it onto a match card yet. Uh, Margot played a full game, uh, got a, a yellow card on the 90th minute. That's her second yellow card in two games. Um, and they went down 5-1 against third place uh, Stjarnan. So a tough opening to the season for KR Reykjavik. They've had two good opponents, though, so we'll see how they go against the other, the other teams. And finally, Melina Ayres. She's, uh, she got half a game with Breederblik, and they lost 1-0 away to Keflavik, who beat KR Reykjavik last week. So they, they look like uh, they'll be... They'll be um, fighting out the honours, Keflavik, for, for the end of season. And that's your Nordic wrap. As always, brilliant. Thanks very much, Stefan. Molly, I want to put you in the hot seat and see whether or not you've done, I won't call it homework because it's not like we set this for you up front, but in the NWSL, there are a couple of matches there. And if you want to take us through those, including I think Alex Morgan didn't have a half bad game. Alex Morgan. Um, I can mm-hmm. believe that she didn't have a half bad game. Um, to be she honest, only I don't scored know. four goals. Oh, just casually, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that, I'm going to guess, uh, or not guess, I'm going to say that Emily Van Egmond played a full game for San Diego, um, which is really cool. And they came up against uh, New York, New Jersey, Gotham. Um, and they won 4-0. So it's so a really, really good, strong win for Van Egmond um, there. And then you had, for the next game, Shidiak didn't play for racing Louisville. Um, and she wasn't in the match day squad, unfortunately. But her side um, held out um, OL Rain to all. Um, and then Chelsea Dorbler is in mind play for Chicago Red Stars in the next game, which I believe is next week by the looks of it. Um, and then in the Challenge Cup, there were no Aussies there, but it was the final, so it's definitely worth a mention. 
Uh, North Carolina, um, Courage won 2 1 against Washington Spirit. Courage. Hooray. They're a bit successful, aren't they? There was uh, there was quite a nasty injury in that one. Um, mm. Goalkeeper um, hit a head on the post, and Amy Razzo sent a quite uh, what's the best way to describe it? The tweet the tweet she sent was very very uh, sort of negative towards the uh, the officials and the way that they treated the injury. They sort of dawdled on and. She said, you know, it doesn't appear as if the NWSL is really doing its best to protect players in those injury situations. She was quite scathing about uh, the treatment that was that was uh, given to the keeper. As I said, trying to prevent the winning goal in the 70th minute remained in the game, um, but scheduled, scheduled to undergo additional evaluation. So, yeah, it's a bit, bit, of, a, bit of a bad taste in the mouth, that one, I think. Is yeah, that when the players were running on with the stretcher? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. not a good look. That's never a good look. No, definitely not a good look. Things were not happening quick enough, so the players took it into their own hands to try and get not the medical attention because I'm not sure how much they could do, but to support them in, in getting the maybe some of the kit over there, including the stretcher. But, yeah, anyway, we, we definitely wish her well. Thanks for that, Molly, for giving, giving us an update. Who wants to talk state football? Because as much as we don't have the dub on here at the moment, there are plenty of dub players who are in and around. They're not all overseas. We've got plenty here to watch. And we might kick off with ACT if Stefan is happy to go there. I certainly am. Um, we've Interesting, the ACT, we've, uh, we've lost a few of our keepers. Um, I think I may have mentioned it last week. So at least half the games, well, half the teams... We're playing uh, reserve grade keepers or standing keepers who are normally outfield players. So it's very interesting round from that perspective. Uh, but we wish all those keepers who are out or unwell uh, all the best in the, on their return. So I was at the Belconnen United versus Canberra-Croatia game at McKellar Park, good old McKellar Park. Always good to be there. Um, that was a 3-1 win to Canberra-Croatia as the away team. Belconnen United were missing a couple of players, as mentioned. Uh, Riley Ewan, who played in midfield for them last year, a uh, 15-year-old came into goals for them and did did well. She has a futsal-keeping background, as I understand it. So uh, Eric will enjoy that. Um, Are you win? Yes. I mean, yes. I'm not sure that would have helped her if she, unless she has a futsal goalkeeping background. But good to know. Yep. Um, and um, they ended up losing three-one uh, at home against Canberra Croatia, as mentioned. Uh, Bill Connor were a bit slow to get into the game. Uh, Canberra Croatia threw nil up at halftime, uh, and even a red card with uh, 20 minutes to go to uh, Rhiannon Fenson for Canberra Croatia in central defence, um, really didn't, didn't stop them um, uh, from, prevent them from winning the game. They managed the game very well. They got lots of experience in that side. And that was certainly evident in the last 20 minutes when they came home for the victory. This was a marquee game for the last few years, but um, that mantle has probably now gone to uh, Canberra Croatia and Canberra Olympic when they get together these days. And, Belconnen United's goal difference, which is only plus six, is very different from the top two, which are uh, in the mid to mid twenties or above. So that's where Belconnen United used to be in years gone by. So, so it's a bit of a sign of the times, I think, for for where things are at in the league now. Uh, definitely part of a top three, but not quite in the top two anymore. Um, it's early days though, so we'll see. Uh, there were two other five nil victories um, in the in the competition on the weekend. One was to Canberra United Academy over Wagga City down at Wagga and 
Uh, West Canberra had their first loss playing a, uh, a top four opponent. It was for the first time. Canberra Olympic um, beat them 5-0 at Canberra Olympics home ground. And finally, Tuggeranong United came back well from two goals down to um, claw, claw back a two-all draw against Gungahlin United down at um, Tuggeranong's home ground at Canberra. And that's it. Always good. Thank you. I might mix it up a little bit and bring the Victorians up to up to the next spot. We'll see how we go with that. But I'll just go through it quickly. A couple of matches went through. Bulleen Lions had a 2-1 victory over Alamein with Tiffany, Tiffany Aliadis being one of the goal scorers in there. Calder United had a 5-0 victory over South Melbourne, who don't know what's happening there, but South Melbourne were always at the top of the ladder, but this is not their season. Alamein had another game. So the first one was from last week. This is the second match that they had. Had a 3-0 victory over Bayside United. Heidelberg United had a 1-0 loss against Box Hill United in the, in the final match of the round in, in Victoria. FE Emerging had a one all draw with Bulleen Lions, which is a great result for them. Caitlin Carrich with a goal as well to make a nice equal score there. I haven't yet watched the results. Or, sorry, I haven't yet watched the highlights on NPL TV, but everyone should be able to watch those when they come out as well. Uh, be just out in now. Queensland. Well, the goals will be because the goals um, get done while the game's in progress. So Very nice. Thanks to our friends Thank at Clutch. Thank you, Clutch. In Queensland, just quickly on Madge's behalf, the league had a weekend off, but round four Super Cup games will be played this week, which I'm sure you'll be able to see on something like NPL TV as well. Uh, actually, uh, no, they didn't sign up. They'll have, they hopefully they have their own program. They are okay. the one holdout for NPL TV, okay, which um, I, I wouldn't know why that's the case. You yeah. Queenslanders, I don't know what's going on. Eric, do you want to take us through some of the results from New South Wales? And then we might see if Neil has any updates in WA and Molly may even have some in Tassie. I'm not sure. Yes, going around the country. Love it. So in New South Wales, firstly, uh, there was a game on Saturday and Sydney Olympic with a very comfortable victory over the emerging Jets Academy, the kids from Newcastle. So five different scorers. Mackenzie Hawksby back from a trial in the United States as there was on the score sheet, as was Armenian international Claudia Chalakian, Courtney Vine, Charles McLean, and Sarah Yatim. So plenty of people getting a slice of the pizza there for Olympic. Uh, Molly will like this one. So Blacktown Spartans defeated Bankstown City by a goal to nil. And that goal is an outside the box strike from Hannah Lowry. So there was a scramble the edge of the box and Hannah said, I know what to do. I'm just going to swing my left foot at it. And she scored. So uh, there's a one-all draw between Football New South Wales Institute and Illawarra Stingrays. So Institute have basically um, a lot of the players that you're familiar with from the dub have graduated from Institute. So Riley Henry, uh, Jess Nash, et cetera. But they've got a newer generation of kids who may not be old enough to drive, but are doing very well. Football, the Institute goal was a lovely goal from Sienna Savesca, who is in fact one of the call-ups to this week's uh, Young Matildas training camp. And if you're familiar with NPL New South Wales, you'll know, you'll know exactly who scored the Illawarra Stingrays equaliser, and that would be Michelle Carney, who is still getting it done. And I, although I'm not entirely sure Michelle Carney would want us to tell everyone how old she is, but she's still scoring, banging in the goals. Um, uh, so there was another draw in Sydney's Northern Beaches, three all between Manly United and Spirit FC. So Manly goal, Manly's goals coming from Carly Johnson, another young Matilda's call-up, Emily Minette, and Yuka Honda, a player that they tell me has a great engine. While Spirit FC's goals are from Rachel Patterson, 
and Spirit were down three. Oh, Rachel Patterson, formerly known as Rachel Suter, by the way, she got she got married in the off season, and Spirit were three one down, but came back to draw three all. A late double from uh, Bianca Radman, one of their new signings, and another player with a futsal background. So I love to see that. Uh, Northern Tigers defeated MacArthur Rams one nil with a goal from Ashley Brodigan, who scored a. Uh, Another set-piece goal after she scored direct from a corner a few weeks ago. So that's good signs there. And maybe she might, hopefully she might take that form back to Newcastle Jets for the next dub season. And then the game I called, it was uh, Sydney University versus RPL Leichhardt at Sydney Uni. Uh, Sydney Uni scored twice early. So their captain, Taryn King, opened the scoring. And then Holly Caspers um, scored not too lo- soon after that and they pretty much defended well and shut a very talented RPA side out so well done to them and looking forward oh by the way that reminds me congratulations to all 10 Spartans yes 10 Blacktown Spartans players that are in this young Matilda squad um the the under 20s world cup is during rounds or the group stages during rounds 18 to 20 of the NPL New South Wales season. And really Spartans should start rearranging their games now, to be <laughs> oh, honest. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. That's they've, they've got to do it now. They just, yeah, we know, we know you're going to lose players. Thank you, Eric. Molly, did you have any results you wanted to call out in Tassie? Oh, just quickly. Yeah. We had the um, statewide women's statewide cup this weekend. Um, Oh, good. So it was the quarterfinals. Um, Taruna has done the Houdini Act and have had um, championship teams each time that they've gone through. So even though they've struggled in the regular season in the State League, um, they are through to the semifinal after beating Metro. Um, and then you had a long trip for Alveston down to Kimbra, but that game was moved to an all-purpose ground that ended up being rained out in Hobart. So they arrived in Hobart to a flooded field um, from the northwest, if you don't Oof. know Tassie that well, um, it's a good yikes. three and a half hours Big four on the bus. Um, so, so that's fun. That's the club that I'm involved with as well. So, um, a bit of extra hurt on my side of things. Um, Lonnie United and South Hobart um, it went down to penalties, and they've probably been the two sides that have been the teams to beat and set the standard this this season. Um, and Lonnie, Lonnie United got through, which is really exciting for them. It's good to see another northern team challenging. The Southern teams um, and then Devonport have gone deeper than they've ever gone before in the competition um, and they beat the traditional powerhouses of parents ever is that, um, you know, they've, they're ageing a little bit. They've got some youth coming up, so they're in, a, in an interesting stage, but you can never discount them. So good win for, for Devonport there. Nice wrap. Thank you very much. And Neil, finalising our statewide wrap with yourself not that there's not other football going on around the world or around australia but i'm sorry we don't have a south australian person ready to talk football with us but we do have neil yeah so um once again covid had an impact so there's only ever four rounds uh, four games in a in the round and uh, two called off again um Ooh. but perth red star uh, maintained 100 percent start to the season uh beated mum f beat Mum FC 3-0 on Saturday night at Red Star Arena. Um, Larissa Walsh continued her goal-scoring form. She's top of the golden boot run at the moment. She got two. Sarah Carroll uh, scored the other goal. Um, and in the other game of the round, um, Perth Soccer Club beat Subiaco 5-0. Um, a couple of goals from Zoe Spadano and Jamie Duncanson hit a hat-trick there. So the race is beginning to sort of shape up now. It looks like there's a breakaway of three 
at the top um, and the others will be fighting with the exception of Curtin and right at the bottom uh, still going. Uh, they could get the fourth spot. The Curtin situation, Curtin Uni, they lost their coach during the week um, and they also lost an assistant coach as well. So it's difficult to see how they're going to turn their season around uh, um, without a full-time appointment. Uh, currently sitting bottom of the table, no points. And then at the top of the table, um, Perth Red Star going great guns. Um, and disclaimer, I'm part of that club, so it's <laughs> a little bit of bias. A little bit of bias there. Don't mind a, a few disclaimers. It's a little bit of bias has never stopped us before. Let's move on to Queens of the Week. And I have to say that the person who should go first in Queens of the Week is Eric because he basically did his homework you know, three months ago or not really, but he was the first person to put in his Queen of the Week. So it's all yours, Eric. Yes, so unless, it's... Unless he's changed it. <laughs> no, no chance. Um, So I actually, I almost uh, named her two weeks ago, but it's there. We know it is. I'm going to spend more time talking about Abby Lemon. So I am so delighted. You know, there is... Um, I'm sure all of you have noticed, how can we put this, an NTC bias potentially towards youth national team squads. So it's great to see a player from outside uh, that sort of system, so to speak, receive, uh, getting some attention. And so, um, you know, I've only heard good things about uh, the young Matildas coach, Leah Blaney. And, you know, I've actually been messaging Abby's mother, Kelly, while this podcast has been going on. And they're so excited um, for, well, what will be tomorrow as of the time of recording. So the young Matildas camp will have started by the time this podcast is out. So what uh, I... Let's see. Who um, there'll be so many people that'll be happy, like the people at Dural Warriors Futsal Club, Hill Sports High School, and of course Blacktown Spartans. Um, so yeah, she's just to describe a bit. She's a forward. Um, so uh, Kelly described it to me as you know, kind of versatile, either wing, uh, maybe more of an attacking midfield like number ten role or centre forward. But she's been going great on the right wing for the Spartans this year, and I can't wait to see what happens next. And because I. And uh, yeah, just because there's so many Spartans in the squad, their next NPL game has already been moved, pushed back three days just so they actually have players. Shout out to the scouts as well. I think it's a, a good job, like Eric mentioned. It's just Leah Blaney, really. She's, a, she's like at every game. She was at the game where she um, scored the winner. Abby scored the winner against Sydney Uni. So Shout it's out always- to Leah Blaney then. I'm not sure that she's at all the games around Australia, but in this case, she happened to be at yeah. that game, and that's great to see. Yeah. So, really, you've seen the squad. She only really, really needs to Abby. be in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eric, can someone mute him? Ah, oh, no, never. Oh, you can we do that, can't do you? That. <laughs> I saw, I sure can, and it just shows the amount of restraint that I have. Molly, do you have a queen, king, or non-binary royalty-ish person for the week? Um, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. A left-foot volley for an equaliser is a thing of glory. Um, so it has to be Sam Kerr. Um, and I think I've probably said her every other time that I'm on the podcast, but there's, there's good reason for that. Um, I said I mean, her last week as well, so yeah. if that helps you out at all. She's, <laughs> it does. she's not bad at football. Um, I mean, if we just put like a, a standing a thing there going, Sam Kerr is a queen, yeah. um, um, I'd be comfortable with that, but. Um, maybe we can call it the Sam Kerr Award. That's <laughs> maybe too yes, early. Yes, that's do that. it. It's like so. Yeah, it just becomes yeah. The we our weekly award is like who reminded us most of Sam Kerr. <laughs> By the way, Molly, I hope you meant "Thing of Glory" as a pun. No, but it, it oh. works very well. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Stefan, you've also done some homework. Thank you very much. Would you like to go through your Queens of the Week? Yeah, surely these are everyone's Queens of the Week to some degree, but uh, the Paramatildas, as, as mentioned in the news early on in the pod, uh, kick off their World Cup campaign on Wednesday night in Spain. Uh, it goes for a bit over a week. So good luck to them all. And um, you're all Queens of the Week. Uh, good luck. And especially to the two Canberrans there, uh, Coach Kelly Sturton and Matilda Mason in the squad. So someone named Matilda M in a national team, you love to see it. Also, I've got some, more seriously, I've got some news. They've just, the Paramatilda socials have just released this while we were recording. Every one of their World Cup games will be streamed live and free on the My Football YouTube channel. So, yeah, yeah so fantastic. So even more uh, football for us to watch. Very good news. Thank you for that, Eric. And if you wouldn't mind maybe throwing that into the show notes that'd be great as well neil over to you you've had a, a west australian in the news scoring a couple of great goals i'm not sure if that takes the cake for you for queen of the week or have you got someone else oh well yeah she is the queen of the week there's no doubt about it but a a, a good nomination to to follow it up with would be tanya oxaby as well um yep. she had a tough gig when she was at bristol city and it must be um from famine to feast for her in terms of resources and uh, no disrespect to the players at Bristol City, but she's dealing with a, with another class of player now. So it's fantastic to see the journey she's taken. Female coaches are very rare and um, she's just an absolute legend uh, in terms of where she's gone with her trade. Uh, great person as well. So I'm going to nominate Tanya up there with Sam, but Sam's definitely up there. Thank you very much. And finishing it out with myself and my Queen of the Week, how could you go past Steph Catley, a Victorian, might I add, a Victorian, scored her first FAWSL goal over the weekend and it was a banger. So, Steph, I'm so happy for you to score that goal. It meant a lot as well because all of the games in the FAWSL were played at the same time and the title was still a live activity at that point in time. So you don't know what would happen, but Steph, really excited to see you score. You've also signed a contract extension with Arsenal. So you are an amazing footballer and we're very pleased to have you as one of the Matildas, but yeah, also a shout out to everyone else that everyone else has called out as well. Yeah. All right. I think that's probably the end of the podcast for us tonight. I'd like to once again, thank all of our special guests that we had on here tonight number 14 and number six, I, you know, we'll just call you that. We won't call you your names anymore. I'm not sure what number Stefan wears when he's playing football, nor the number that Eric would wear when he's running around after people. He's got so many jerseys. I, I don't know. Oh, that's right. You never met me in person. I can't run. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I have met you in person. He forgets so easily. Yes. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, whether or not you're listening live on Facebook. Thank you to those apparently three people. I'm not too sure. Thank you to those of you listening directly on our subscriptions. And thank you to everyone on Clutch TV and Joy Radio as well. We'll talk to you next week. See you later.